0: Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, this seems like a good time to take note of a few things that might be worth being aware of as we go about our digital lives. Let's begin with truncated URL addresses. Recall that URL is short for Universal Resource Locator. It's the address that must be put into the address bar of a web browser so we can get to the page that the URL represents. Often, the URL will be a link to click on that's on a website, for example, to take us to another page or might be sent to us in an email so that we can click on the link and go to a particular page. In a web of billions of pages, some of those URL addresses can get very long. So sites such as bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, have popped up which allow a person to put in a long URL And the Bitly service shortens it considerably to make it easier to include in, for example, an email. Most of us have received links in emails or seen them on listservs that use Bitly or some other UL shortening service to make it easy for us to click on and go right to a particular page. But there's a potential fly in the ointment here. How can we tell what web page we're actually being sent to before we open that shortened link, which doesn't even contain the name of the page. Well, we can take the word of whoever we think sent the email to us, but in this age of very clever phishing attacks, that may not be the best idea. For one reason, the person we think sent us the link may not be the person who actually sent it. We've all received emails from people whose address books have been hacked, and the link in the email we receive might send us to a website that may look like it's real, but is actually a very bad place to wind up in the digital world. Such sites may install drive-by malware on our computers, for example, or trick us into giving personal information that will come back to haunt us after we provide it. So what do we do? The answer turns out to be pretty simple, but it involves one extra step before going to the web page that bit.ly or other truncated links represent. Sites have arisen on the web that allow us to paste the short address we've received and find out what website that link will actually send us to, and, as a bonus, whether that site has any serious reputation problems. Three such sites are Norton Web. URL void, and scan URL, and there are several others. We simply enter the shortened URL address into one of these sites, and the site will provide a rating of the safety of the website that the shortened URL link will actually send us to, which might not be the site that we were expecting. But now we know that, and we can avoid the poisoned site. Or it may be that the shortened URL sends us right where it's supposed to, and we can now go there with confidence. That is a pretty nifty service, and one worth knowing about if you have the slightest concern about a shortened URL link that you receive in an email. Meanwhile, a lot of folks are using a lot of services on the web that are offered for free, such as Google Drive. We're pretty sure that many people don't read the Terms of Service on some of those sites, So we thought we'd periodically read such agreements from a site that a lot of people use just so we all know what we're agreeing to when we click that agree or okay or whatever that little button says when we set up our account. Take Google Drive for example. Lots of people are using Google Drive these days to share documents that groups are working on. Or just to store material that we want to have handy so that we can have access to our documents when we're traveling. So, what do people who use Google Drive actually agree to? Well, a lot of things. Here is part of the content section from the Google Drive Terms of Service. Quote, Google Drive allows you to upload, submit, store, send, and receive content. You retain ownership of any intellectual property rights that you hold in that content. In short, what belongs to you stays yours. End quote. That sounds pretty good. Oh, but then there's the next paragraph. Quote, When you upload, submit, store, send, or receive content to or through Google Drive, you give Google a worldwide license to use host, store, reproduce, modify, create derivative works, such as those resulting from translations, adaptations, or other changes we make so that your content works better with our services, communicate, publish, publicly perform, publicly display, and distribute such content. The rights you grant in this license are for the limited purpose of operating, promoting, and improving our services, and to develop new ones. This license continues even if you stop using our services unless you delete your content. Make sure you have the necessary rights to grant us this license for any content that you submit to Google Drive. Quote. In other words, if we use Google Drive, Google has a copyright license to do pretty much anything it wants with whatever we put up there. The limited-purpose words may sound comforting, but they essentially would give us no legal comfort in a court of law. So, business people working on confidential documents, creative writers, artists, or people with the next great idea might want to take a look at the whole text of the terms of service they agreed to. And, of course, any user may want to know that, quote, our automated systems analyze your content to provide you personally relevant product features such as customized search results and spam and malware detection. This analysis occurs as the content is received, shared, uploaded, and when it's stored. End quote. In other words, once you put something up on Google Drive, all of these terms kick in. It's always a good idea to know what we're agreeing to on the web and we'll do our best to point out some of the things that we may not have noticed in some of those terms of service right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.